everyone. Welcome to this week's Crunch episode of the Mythos Manual. I'm your host, Leslie Wisniewski, producer of the podcast. And with me, as always, is one Game Master Calder Kadavid. Hey, all you crazy cats out there. We're bringing you some hot Pathfinder action. It's true. And this week's Crunch episode is brought to us by the crunch of leaves underfoot as we move into the fall season. We're in L.A., so most of the leaves are dried up from fire and the heat. Uh, But, you know, it's really just the aesthetic that we're going for here. It never feels like autumn in Los Angeles. No, but people do wear sweaters. As soon as it's under 70. No, as soon as it's under 80 degrees, people start wearing sweaters and coats in Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, the AC here is very intense. It's very intense. There's a very intense AC element to every building. If you are in a good building. Otherwise, you're just suffering. And then then you're never wearing a sweater. But let's dig down to something much more interesting than sweaters. And that, of course, are the last two episodes of the Mythos Manual. Yeah, these have been some solid apps. Solid apps, these ones. It They've been stressful for me. I have been worried consistently about the party surviving pretty much every encounter. They don't have the greatest survival instincts, but they have a decent survival score. <laughs> it's so true. And I was so, like, it's crazy. Like, we... We were just talking the other week about how it felt like the player characters kind of went into the jungle a little unprepared and under-supported in terms of having uh, NPCs joining them. And they went into the jungle this most recent episode with an NPC. They finally took someone with them. But... Right. They took Suresh. Right. The last time Suresh was involved was the first dungeon, and he got hit by a spell and turned into a demon and wasn't helpful at all and almost stabbed Damius. Yes, We have not learned our lesson. No. No. Not at all. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I think it's like a cute idea to to bring Suresh. Like, it's very much like them kind of making a character choice. But like, yeah, the way I I built it was like Suresh was never intended to be one of the NPCs who goes out to accompany them in the field. I have stats for Suresh. He is a level four expert. Suresh is just a college professor. He does not know magic. He does not know how to fight, really. But he's kind of smart. And, like, I like the assumption that his de- he must have demon powers. And, like, oh, he must have some sort of demon powers. Nope. I mean, he sort of does. <laughs> he can ram things with his horns. And he has, but they're still small. Little they're- tiny horns. Little 1d2 damage or something. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think also, if, you look, if you're looking at it from a character and a world decision, he hired them. I feel like that's like asking your boss to come along and help you with the spreadsheet that they asked you to do a little bit. That's right? a good point. Yes. Uh, oh well, but Suresh is there, and he did point out that bludgeoning damage would be helpful against the hag, yes. and that made a bunch of Christie's damage much more impactful. That did suddenly make it matter. Yeah, that was a good. Uh, that was a good move on their part to suddenly kind of prod Suresh to to analyze the situation a little bit. Because that is, I mean, that was the smart move, though, because Suresh can't do much, but he does have a lot of knowledge checks. That's a big thing about the expert classes that, like, it's a it's what's called a um, NPC class. They exist in first edition Pathfinder. They're very low-powered classes you can apply to uh, to create characters that are not as powerful as, like, normal classes. Like, they're not as good as, like, fighters, investigators, and, you know, normal like, normal classes. But, like, they are... They can kind of keep up a little bit, and they might have like some sort of specialization. They could a con- few of those. They could contribute in some feasible way. Yeah, like the, it's it's like warrior adept, which is kind of like a mix of like cleric and wizard, where you can kind of have you have some access to like some low level spells, 
Like, Warrior is like a bad version of a fighter. Commoner is just, you have more HP, I think, and like maybe a couple skills. An expert is like, you are a little better than a commoner, but you're educated, and so therefore you have like a lot more skills. Oh, man. Well, I just, having them take Suresh out into the jungle, I was literally talking to the podcast saying, why are you taking him? Why are you taking Suresh? He is useless. You've forgotten how useless he is. And then they had to fight a hag. And I feel like were it not for some very timely crits. Some very, very lucky crits there. And also a very lucky fumble from me. Yeah, you rolled a nat one. I was... I was very sure I was about to kill Alan's other character. I was very, very sure. I was about to like, I, w- I was really, dis- I was really excited about it. I was going to go like Neon Genesis Evangelion, where it's like, he's holding, the hag's holding Damius in her hand, and then like, she just like pops him like a cherry. Um, <gasps> oh, that's awful. I know. It would have been, would have been really cool. You looked very melancholy. <laughs> about how cool that moment would have been. Instead, they just fucking critter and just kill her. And like multiple a times from multiple people. Yeah, they're just like they just come in. They're just like bust her up. Like it's it happens so quick. That it was insane. I was watch I was watching the t- the time cl- uh, countdown on the podcast. And I was like, there's a minute and a half left in this episode. How the heck are these characters going to get out of the situation? And then. Kata to the rescue and Kafka to the rescue with new blunt arrows critting a couple times as well. I was just very boggled and not anticipating them to get out of that. Yeah, they handled it pretty well, turns out. It, it went now, it went pretty well. There was some fun kind of role play, some good, some good moments between like Dami is talking to this hag and like what's happening to Little Cloud and some fun new questions are being uh, kind of opened now. Definitely. Well, I think it's interesting. Did you kind of set up this encounter to be super deadly? Well, okay. Uh, not necessarily. I believe, if I remember correctly, like the... the There's the hag, there's her nightmare, and then there are gorillas. There's the hag, the nightmare, and gorillas, right. And it could have been potentially super deadly because what I was doing was I was kind of... I was a little bit of making this one up as I went. Like I. Oh, Really? Yeah, like this one, this one I was not really something, there's, if you were to look at my notes, there was nothing about this at all in my notes. Oh my god, well it did not feel that way. Well that's good, I'm glad that I was able to kind of... Roll with it? Roll with it enough that, I never, it was, it's again, it's like them looking for, them going to look for Dalton, I never considered that they would maybe go look for Little Cloud again after Little Cloud was introduced. I, I, I had some ideas like maybe she'll pop up later. Um, or maybe like, you know, we'll, they'll find some signs of her or something like that, but they like deliberately went to look for her. And since I kind of had an idea of what was going to happen to Little Cloud, it's like, oh, they run into this vague idea I had of what was happening to Little Cloud. And it introduces this hag element that I was holding back a little bit. It sounds like this is one of those opportunities where being really familiar with your world and your story paid off because the characters ended up following a path that you hadn't necessarily really broken out. And you were able to combine a couple disparate elements together. Yeah, I was able to kind of, you know, I had to start putting some stuff together. I'm like, okay, well, what actually happened to Little Cloud? I had some like vague ideas. So suddenly I'm like, well, what actually happened? Okay, well, then if this happened, then this happened. Okay, then I guess she was carried away. What carried her away? What, what What's strong enough to do that? I guess a team of gorillas carried her away. And that's why they're there. Yeah, and that's why there's a team of gorillas. And then and then I decided, oh, that's, it's a hag that did this. And maybe I'll tie it to something else. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And... And like the the hag, I I threw open the bestiary, 
and was like trying to look for something that was in the right crit, like the right threat range. It was an anise hag, I think, or a green hag. I, I can't really remember. It's like the the monstrously big kind of hag, mm-hmm. which is the whole thing of this fight. Um, which is kind of interesting because, like, then in a way, I feel like she served as a counterpoint to Little Cloud as like a big evil green lady instead yeah. of like Little Cloud, who was like the the good green lady. Oh yeah! It's like the jolly green giant and the evil green giant, and the evil the evil green giant, the jolly green giant, fought to the death. Ugh, so sad. Well, talking a little bit about that moment where the fight really turned, and kind of uh, focusing in on the type of damage that the hag was not resistant to. I've always kind of had confusion about bludgeoning, piercing, slashing, like the different types of damage that weapons do, uh-huh. and why. Why it matters? I, maybe that sounds like I get what you're saying. Like why, why, wavy, but why, why kind of specify what kind of damages? Like with like, damage can just be damage. Yeah, because I think like if I hit you with a bat, or if right. I stabbed you with an arrow, or I slashed you with a knife, you would just be injured kind of across the board. Yeah, and that is true for like the majority of creatures and creature types. That in general, yes, that is true. However, you know, I think it comes to a fantasy setting. Like, skeletons is the best example of this sort of thing, because skeletons are famously only, like, bludgeoning weapons work well against skeletons. But why is that? Why can't I just... Because, okay, here's... Okay, because so you have to kind of... I just... Here's the thing. I want to kill the skeletons. Right. I know, but... Okay, so here's... Okay, so picture this. Picture this, my... Now, picture this. Okay. You have a rapier, right? Uh-huh. And you go to stab a skeleton with a rapier. Yes. Think about it. I stab it. It's dead. It's already dead. It's undead. <laughs> it's a skeleton and it's it's it is just a bunch of bones. So it's harder to stab? How do you stab a skeleton? I poke it in the bones. Yeah, I guess you're right. There's a lot of Think about it. There's a, a lot yeah. of gaps in there. There's a lot of gaps in there. Like if you stab through a skeleton, there's a good chance like you're just stabbing through nothing. Like there isn't a vital organ or you can't because, like, you know, you have to cut – it's it's a little all, like, nebulous, but stabbing is usually because, like, you're piercing through – Flesh and Through bone. flesh and or, then, through, and then yeah, through organs. Muscles and – yeah, okay. And, and you're bleeding. Hurting stuff, right, and then causing bleeding. But, like, certain things that might not bleed might not have, like – it, it, it might, They might not be impacted, whereas, like, a bludgeoning weapon rattles the bones? No, a bludgeoning weapon smashes the bones. Oh, I see. see I never – that never kind of occurred to me as as a visual of something that was happening to skeletons when they were bludgeoned. I didn't think about the bones being crushed. I just thought about like they they rattle. They, don't, no. <laughs> they get all they get all scattered. I oh that's interesting. Okay, so I never thought about that. So ghosts are kind of the classic for bludgeoning. Are there skeletons cl- are the classic oh, for bludgeoning? Yeah. So what are ghosts? Ghosts are ethereal. And that's, that's a, whole a whole other, other thing. thing. <laughs> that's talking about like ghost stamp and like things that are ethereal, like are in the ethereal plane, which is one of the like planes. Okay, we don't we don't and, <laughs> and there's there's all these planes in the multiverse. Okay. And, yeah, I get and you it. can exist on right. a couple different if you're in it in the ethereal plane, you can also be in the mortal because they're so close, you see. Um and you have a certain kind of like magical weapon or any kind of so, so you see. <laughs> yeah, it gets gone. Let's just stick to yeah. <laughs> to bludgeoning, bludgeoning, piercing. slashing, and piercing. So, uh, skeletons are a good example for bludgeoning. Yes. Are there any other like? Is something very weak against slashing damage, like 
or like are balloons very weak to piercing damage? Yeah, balloons would totally be weak to piercing damage. But there aren't balloon monsters, so like is there? There could be a balloon monster. You don't know that. You're right. I don't know as much about the monsters as you do. <laughs> I, I can't think of one, but I could make one happen. Uh, there's uh, okay, like uh, I can't think of like a million examples, but like there's um, how about like oozes, right? Like a lot of oozes have interaction with slashing weapons where they get slashed with a sword sometimes some of them like the funness is that they split in half right oh and then do you fight two smaller ones yeah oh i see okay like that's an example of like when like a damage type could make a difference when you think about it like you know Mm -hmm. because you're you're slashing the weapon you're slashing the ooze and so it divides because it's just liquid or whatever yeah it's like gelatin or jello exactly um, I'm trying to think of, what's a good example for something that's like needs to be pierced to kill it. Um, I can't think of anything. Like vampires is kind of really. A- I wouldn't have thought that. I would have think they'd be. I would think that vampires are immune to piercing because they have little fangs and their fangs pierce things. Why? Maybe maybe Why? that's. What? <laughs> okay. I think because no, they because they're so good at piercing. They that are ve- therefore they are they are more nuanced about exactly piercing i guess that doesn't make sense now that i'm I, trying to i might be wrong it. about the vampire thing now I think about it but i i i could see it justified because of like the stake thing the stake oh, through the heart oh i didn't even think about stakes through the heart i was just thinking about their fangs i noticed <laughs> spooky spooky we should have done this during halloween yeah um well that definitely clears up questions for me and i will promise i will argue with you less about Damage types when we damage reduction and all yeah, that good stuff. There's yeah. also because then there's also like you know material is the other big thing that you have to kind of worry about. Yeah, like silver, adamantine. Those are the two big ones, and cold iron or aligned damage. Aligned damage can also matter if like your we- if your weapon is like blessed good or blessed evil, um, or if your weapon is uh, made of like you know certain kinds of materials, like you know like fey and demons don't like silver. Or right. no, they don't like no, they they no, don't fairies like fairies don't like like silver. cold iron. They don't like cold right, iron. Right, 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 right. And then werewolves don't like silver. Werewolves don't like silver. Right. The, 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 you know, it, a lot of this is kind of based in like old world kind mm-hmm. of like concepts. And then adamantine is very a recent kind of fantasy idea, but like that's like the harder than any kind of metal metal. So, so it gets through tougher skin. It gets through like a lot of like like. Uh, Constructs like golems and things uh, like that tend I to see. have you need like adamantine to like really get tear in them there. Up. Oh, I do not like finding constructs. No, it's because you can't bewitch them. Ugh, I like playing spellcasters. That's all. So damage obviously is its whole is a whole kind of mechanic, and that's for fighting. But I wanted to kind of loop back to uh, something that happened not in this most recent episode, but the episode before when Christy is spending time with. Uh, Shayaka trying to help him uncover what happened to Poema to destroy it. And she did a perception check and botched it pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And she asked if she could take a 10, uh, which usually means you take 10 minutes and attempt the skill check again. Yes. And you said that she wasn't able to do that in a particular in this particular instance. Could you go into that since we have kind of the crunch to go into rules like that a little better. Okay. Uh, I guess, okay, I think I, because I, she already had rolled the roll when she, she asked She rolled her, right? the roll. I think that yeah. was my issue with it. It's like, 
To take a 10 means that your character has 10 minutes, uninterrupted amount of time to accomplish this task. So picking a lock. Yeah, or... You solving know, a puzzle. Or climbing up a wall or something, right? Like mm-hmm. there's... You have, I have 10 minutes to do this thing uninterrupted, really, and I can focus all of my attention on it. That And that assumes then that it's like as if you rolled a 10 on the dice and you add your modifiers or whatever, and if you beat it, you beat it. I like 10 minutes, taking 10s are fine. And I think had Christy decided to have taken a 10 instead of rolled, then I would have allowed for that. But like, since you already rolled, like, I'm not cool with like, oh, I failed the thing. Can I try again? Like, no, you can't try again. Like, had you wanted to take a 10 from the first place, I would have allowed it. But since you took the gamble of the roll, you lost. So you can preemptively take a 10 as opposed to doing it to fix an error. Yeah, I mean, like, you really shouldn't in general be taking 10s to fix errors. Uh, they, or they should only, only happen in, in situations where, like, there isn't a time pressure at all. Uh, the other one is is taking 20, which in some versions now isn't even a thing. Like, I don't think taking 20 is even a thing in the new edition of Pathfinder. Oh, okay. Uh, and th- But that was always assumed to be that... Uh, there is 10 minutes, like you have an hour of uninterrupted trouble. But also, I always kind of run it, it was like with taking 10 and taking 20, if there is a chance of 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 the, the failure being impactful, then you can't do it. Right. So be- I guess because Christy was utilizing a skill check for a time slot of her day, mm-hmm. and she was just spending her day attempting this specific activity, um applying the taking 10 or taking 20 kind of defeats the purpose of that because you can't get time back that you've lost right right like if she would have to like redo her day in a way exactly like the check the point of that check was like like how you did throughout the whole day like it's not like a check like i go looking for five minutes so i find something it's like the idea is that you spent the day looking for this thing and you and that and then that role is the accumulation of, of that the time. whole day, not yeah. just like you spending five. It, that's the hard thing when sometimes it comes to these sorts of systems where players feel like, well, I didn't find anything. I, I go looking again. Right. Yeah, the system isn't set up for you to have infinite tries. Yeah, but I want infinite tries. Just like I want to shoot a skeleton with a bow or stab it with a rapier and have it die again. Right. But you don't always get what you want. You don't. And the part of, <laughs> part of these games are uh, in- encouraging us as players to be to, to be, be challenged and to be a little bit more creative. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and maybe who knows? Maybe w- today just wasn't the day to solve the mystery of the whatever calamity brought down Poema. Right. Yeah. So I'll have to try again at some other time with yeah. the same kind of check. Really. Uh, well, I hope we find out because I'm curious. Oh, I I'm curious. You're curious? I mean, I know. I was going to say. I'm curious to see your reaction. Oh. 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 Well, let's talk a little bit. We're going into November. We're hitting the tail end of the year, and you just wrapped up doing your 31 days of Design-tober that you you inflicted upon yourself. I did do 31 days of Design-tober. It was... um, Let's recap on what Design-tober was for you and kind of how it was inspired and why you decided to do it. Design-tober was my take on Inktober, which is like a celebration for... Well, not a celebration, but an exercise for artists to... Every day I have a different prompt on creating a new image or a new piece that is inspired by the prompt for all 31 days of the month of October. Uh, but I'm not an artist in that sense. I can't draw for for toots. 
And so instead I wanted to do this uh, design tober, which is I made a new monster in Pathfinder uh, second edition every day during October. Uh, and it was really fun. Like it was, it was more challenging than I thought it was going to be, but ultimately really fun and a good way to learn that system because I had to do so much like back and forth looking over abilities and blah, blah, blah. So did you put like any prep work into it? Did you kind of have things ready to go? Oh, no, I mean, not at all. I think I had one monster, the first monster, the guard scorpion, I had done a couple days before and then kind of talking about doing the guard scorpion, which is the a boss on Final Fantasy VII. It's the first robot boss thing. After doing that, I was kind of like, oh, this was fun. I kind of want to get into doing more of these. And I really want to do more monsters anyway, because I love monster design. And then I, I don't know, I think you and I were talking uh, at, the t- at the top of the month. and The idea just kind of popped up. So did you have a list of monsters kind of ready to go at the top of the month? Or did you make it up as you went along? I made a small list of monsters. I kind of spent like a couple hours just generating a, a couple ideas to see if it was even like a feasible idea. If I had like a couple dozen ideas that I could actually even do as monsters. And I did, but I, and I did maybe like half of those. The rest of them, I would just kind of wake up and either something had caught my attention or I was, someone else had recommended something and I would just make up that monster. A lot of the monsters are uh, my interpretation of creatures from like pop culture, like a lot of video games or a lot of uh, movies and TV shows kind of inspired by. And then a handful are just like totally original ideas that I have maybe just kind of rolling around my own head. Like uh, I did like a crossroads devil and uh, uh, like a, an angel, like a, a biblical angel that's a bunch of fe- wings covered in eyes. Oh, that's fun. Why did you decide to just not do like a bunch of Pokemon? Oh, that would have been really easy. I think like, part of me, I did do like two Pokemon and because it would have been just like super easy to just do a bunch of Pokemon. Uh, and I didn't want to keep returning to the same well. I felt like that'd be a little tired, so I wanted to do a couple, like, have a good amount of variance, and also a good amount of, like, different, like, challenge rating, what makes sense for, like, how hard would this creature be for a party to defeat it, and a lot of Pokemon, I think, kind of, like, would score between, like, levels, like, like one through eight-ish, right? Mm-hmm. So what are, here's a couple of questions. What was the hardest rated monster that you made, and which what was your goofiest monster and which was your favorite? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, the hardest rated monster. For Pathfinder 2. Right, right, right. If you're uh, out there playing Pathfinder 2 and want a fun, hard monster. I think I did a couple. Um, I remember, um, what does, uh, Discord from My Little Pony. Oh, that I, was nice. I, I requested Discord. You did request Discord, but I put Discord at like a CR 19. He is an agent of chaos and can change he, literally everything. He's basically a chaos god or like a chaos demigod. And that's kind of how I wrote him up. He's like being very, very powerful. And, and I made him as like a kind of protean, which actually kind of works for Discord, which I kind of thought was clever. Though I do own. like, I do like in the flavor that you're like, he could be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> he could teach, you could teach him to be friendly. Then what was it, the weirdest? Yeah, like what's a goofy one that you did and then your favorite? I think the goofiest one was the Tyranna Sorceress, which is like the adaptation. From an episode of Mythos Manual. From an episode of Mythos Manual, like someone said the word Tyranna Sorceress. And so I thought that was really fun and stupid. My concept for what a Tyranna Sorceress is, is that it is a, uh, like once a generation, a a Tyranna Sorceress is born amongst dinosaurs. And it's like a humanoid dinosaur lady who's like medium size and has like a complete control of like primal dinosaur magic and can turn into dinosaurs. 
That is really fun. It's like a dinosaur druid. It's like a dinosaur druid, but like she is a dinosaur. Can't tame her. And like, but she's like smart and I think right. the protector of dinosaurs. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And then do you have a favorite? Do you have a couple favorites? Uh, my favorites, um, I had a couple that I thought came out really, I was really proud of when I was done with them. I really liked the Edel, I did an Edelwood Beast. It was a my take on the the beast from Over the Garden Wall, mm-hmm. which is like this shadowy evil monster that lives in the woods. I kind of did it up as like a, Almost like a lich, but like a woodland lich. I, I've never, I, I've never thought of the notion of a woodland lich before. Yeah, that's kind of how I thought of him, and I thought there were some pretty fun ideas there. And a lot of those ideas came out of uh, Over the Garden Wall itself. I thought highly that was recommend very fun. if you haven't seen it. By the way, oh, very, very good, fantastic miniseries. Yeah, I, I think my other big fun one was another pretty high level one was the uh, the big bad wolf. Oh yeah, like like the very there there are kind of similar concepts to Big Bad Wolves already. Mm-hmm. There's like, like there are wolves, dire wolves. There are wolves, dire wolves, wargs, and white wolves, and death dogs, and werewolves, like, werewolves, devil like, dogs. All, yeah, these are all kind of like in the same. But there wasn't anything that I felt like was like the three little pigs, huff and puff wolf, which is like how does that not exist? Like That's there's a fair. whole right there's a whole bunch of them. Like I think. I think like the winter wolf can do like cone of cold, and I think maybe maybe that's the idea of like the same kind of idea. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, nah, man, nah. It's he's got to blow a house down. He's got to be able to blow houses over and and turn into your grandma. <laughs> the fairy tale wolf. Uh, yeah, the fairy tale wolf. I, who I I also think is like I also think of like kind of humanoid like a werewolf, but like obviously doesn't transform and probably wears clothes. Kind of anthropomorphized. A more anthrop- anthropomorphized evil wolf creature. Mm-hmm. And so, I, but anyway, that, that was kind of my take on him. And I, I really, I thought he was really fun with how he came out. At the end of it, are, are you sad to be to be done with it? Or? No, it was a lot of work. And I, <laughs> I don't want to keep doing that infinitely. That was, it was a fun challenge. But yeah, that was a, you know, good, a little bit of time every day of my day in October. Yeah. When I didn't always want to do it. That's fair, but I had a lot of fun. It was a it was a really cool uh, project. I learned a lot about that edition. I learned uh, a lot about um, some design ideas and and Pathfinder Two released their monster building manual. I think during October they did. It was really actually fortunate because the original core rulebook and uh, B series for Pathfinder Second Edition didn't include rules on how to create monsters and NPCs and traps. Uh, they they were saving that all for the game mastery guide, and then the game mastery guide got kind of pushed. It's not coming out until, I think, like, January or February. Mm-hmm. And so, because of that, they they just released, like, a handful of pages for people like me who like to homebrew stuff uh, and, like, some guidelines on how to create monsters. Uh, and it, it was very useful and really simple. Like, it's a good system. I'm very... I'm very pleased with it. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah. I like to think that they're like, hmm, Design Tober, eh? We'll help you out. Here's some, here's that a how-to. I don't think that's what it was, but that'd be very cute. <laughs> Everybody, if you haven't checked out the Design Tober monsters, please check them out. Please use them in your games. If you have thoughts on how they function, let us know, uh, because we're always trying to do stuff better here at the old Mythos Manual. And I think that's pretty much all the time that we have for this episode of Crunch. So get out there, step on a bunch of leaves, rate our podcast, subscribe to it, check us out 
on our socials at Mythos Manual. Check us out on our website at mythosmanual.com. That's where you can find all those monsters that Cal was just talking about and plenty more, at least 31 of them. And who knows, maybe we'll be throwing up some more content up there for you guys soon. So in the meantime, have a wonderful beginning of November. Stay safe out there and we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Mythos Manual. Be sure to check us out on our socials at Mythos Manual or our website, mythosmanual.com. May all your roles be 20s.